Welcome to Making a Million, the show where we roll for a crazy business prop and we have to come up with a plan to make a million dollars in gross revenue or our made-up business goes up in flames and we feel really bad about ourselves. Rule number one, we can't change the business idea or the constraints we roll. We're doing product or service ideas. All right, folks, here we go. Microgreens. <laughs> what is microgreens? I, like sprouts? Like sprouts. Sprouts are microgreens. Oh, nice. Good job. We're looking for a qualifier. Microgreens business is nostalgic. Oh. <laughs> nostalgic microgreens. Microgreens like grandma made. These aren't your mom's microgreens. <laughs> we need some help. We need a boon. We need something to help us. Boon, boon, boon. We get to phone a friend. Nice. nice. All right. Cool. Go. What if we don't have friends? <laughs> then we, we'll we need some we need some bad things, Nate. All right. Let's bring in the bad. Here. Ooh, our industry is hitting late stage in its life. All right. Our product or service will probably be extinct in two to five years. Oh. Uh, life events. It looks like we get to re-roll on any previous thing that we just oh. rolled on. Oh. I vote boon. We could call a micro green business. <laughs> I just just yeah. looking at the other boons. Yeah. New boon. New, new boon. boon. Money left in will. Okay, so we have enough money at the start to cover our initial expenses. And I, cool. in my head, whoever left it is who inspired us, and aka yeah. why is nostalgic. Mm. So. Yeah. Rule number two, we have to fill out all sections of our business plan. And rule number three, we only have one hour. I'm Michael. I'm Nate. I'm Chris. And I'm Dylan. All right, so we have to make our way to a million with a nostalgic microgreens business with some startup money from a will. Our industry is dying. Let's uh, let's make a million. Let's do it. Yeah. So how do you grow a microgreen, you might ask? Well, you just take something that's green and you don't let it grow all the way and you murder it as a child. Oh. <laughs> so a really popular microgreen are broccoli sprouts. So you plant broccoli and they get the little sprout going and then you just harvest it. It's really cheap. It's really fun. They're really high in a lot of nutrients and they taste good. So Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> Microgreens it is. So let's uh, let's start with macro strategy. So kind of the idea is we're gonna go after a one page business plan from the lean canvas model. Um, it has like eleven or twelve factors that we're gonna go after. Uh, and so let's just kind of dive in each one, but let's start with what we know already and what yeah. that means for us. So the big one, we know we're hitting a late stage business that probably won't be around for too long. So yeah. uh, think like DVD players, like who's, who's buying a DVD player, since, you know? Yep. Um, so that means our, the goal of our business is probably not to be around. It's probably to exit. Yep. or to transition into a not late stage cycle, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that frames everything that we're going into because we're not yep. trying to make something that's going to stick around forever. We're trying to make something that we can make a lot of money fast and either exit by selling or transition to yep. a new type of industry. Yep. Um, and then microgreens that kind of also already guides our branding, I would think, because it's more of a green focused thing. The nostalgic makes it kind of easy for branding because we're going to focus on like Dylan said, greens your mom would make or uh -huh. grandma. Or, uh, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, what was our uh, boon again? Oh, yeah, the money. So we have the startup capital. Yeah. So that means we can, within reason, we have enough money to cover our starting stuff to get it going. So that's the macro. Let's keep going. Pretty good. 
All right, so first off, we're going to hit our why, referencing all Simon Sinek. So what's the why that would inspire someone to make this business? And then also, how would that super connect with the audience that would buy our product? Well, it sounds like whoever left us money either had a vested interest in microgreens or did it themselves or were doing it in honor of them. That's what I'm feeling. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah. No, I love that. Maybe it really could be grandma. <laughs> yeah, grandma loved her microgreens. Yeah. She was ahead of her time. Before people even knew the word microgreens, she was already doing it. Mm. Down the road, it was just a macro green market. Yeah. She was over there with her own table, just working away on her yeah. own microgreens. I think oh, maybe she saw like the karate kid with like the bonsai trees, and she was like, what if we did that with other mm. greens? That's awesome. She was also behind the scenes and getting avocados famous. Yeah. She's really cool. <laughs> Trendsetter. Um, so, yeah. And then what about the why for the audience? Like, what's that underlying thing for them about why they would like, join the movement? I, I feel like going off of, like, what we're saying about, like, the grandma gardening idea is that we're trying to, like, call back to, like, a simpler time. For mm. people. Of, like, you know, remember back when you could just go out in the backyard and grab your zucchini like that kind of vibe is what we're going for we're trying to yeah. like recapture that feeling like in my head it's like microgreens maybe like derived from someone who like tried to do gardening and then didn't know when to harvest the product and like <laughs> yeah. did it too early I and mean, they're like i'll just eat it anyway yeah. um so that's kind of like what i'm thinking nice. <laughs> like that's how the first microgreen person started yeah. and they're like oh yeah, yeah this was actually pretty good yeah, yeah. And then, like, they woke up the next day and they could lift like a 50 pound boulder and they're mm. like oh i'm strong too yeah yeah. Maybe there's something behind these. Yeah. It could also like, be like uh, maybe like places where people want to get into greenery, but they don't have a lot of real estate. Yeah. So like Ooh. cities like New York and Chicago and L.A. and stuff like that, where they're really high health conscious, but also don't have any room. And so like yep. they could have a little microgreen garden. Yeah. So I've actually done an obnoxious amount of research into microgreens. I'm the one that put this on the list. So <laughs> um, I will tell you that that is actually one of the biggest perks to do doing a microgreen side hustle. Nice. It's very low space uh, needed, very low uh, startup costs, and you don't really have to know what you're doing. You just have to generally know like how to plant seeds, how to make soil, and you have to generally have either a normal light source or like a UV lamp going on situation. So nice. Um, but we have startup money, yeah. so we don't have to just throw it out in the backyard. We can create our own little greenhouse. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so what I would say is, uh, so we have our why down. So what are some problems we're going to face? So there's going to be, what are the top three problems our product or service might solve for someone? So like, what is, what is the problem we're solving with our microgreens? People not eating enough green vegetables. Yeah. Maybe they don't like the taste of them and they just want to sprinkle it on something that they're eating anyway mm-hmm. yeah. um, where they don't really taste taste it. And that's yeah. a huge TikTok trend right now too is like uh, hiding vegetables in, in recipes and mm-hmm. it's really easy to throw these and stuff, yeah. especially when it cooks down. Yeah, yeah. like moms can like do it to their kids. Yeah, no, I was thinking, I was like, for me, like my dumb jaw stuff, like it's hard to eat like fresh vegetables. So like... Even I'm hearing this, I'm like, ooh, maybe I should throw these in my morning smoothie. Mm-hmm. Like, that sounds yeah. actually really nice. Throw them on top of a cream cheese bagel? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be caffeinated. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, so that's one problem for sure. Is, yeah, uh, need more nutrients. Easy nutrients. Yeah. Access to greens. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I'm also thinking about like, this is something that's like super easy to just throw on anything that you're eating too. Mm. So that could be like an aspect Accessibility. Uh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. con- convenience. For sure, yeah. You know, you're a busy mom on the go. You don't have time to make a healthy dinner, but you've got like some crackers or whatever, and you just throw some of that on there. It's suddenly healthy. Absolutely. The, the cool thing is too, like vegetables are generally easy to cook, but you can still go wrong. Like you can still overcook broccoli or like steam it wrong or whatever. Uh, greens, like you just eat them raw. Like you, you literally just eat them. Uh, there's no just cooking them. there's no preparation <laughs> that's that's a sub uh, tagline just yeah. eat them <laughs> uh, nike did not come after us yeah, but <laughs> no, yeah. it's totally different thing it's totally different <laughs> don't do it eat it yeah um yeah so we got we got uh nutrition, nutrition accessibility and then maybe there? maybe another one could be uh maybe like like identity so for instance like actually buying a bunch of uh full-sized vegetables all the time to get all those nutrients like you're spending a lot of money to try and like you know stay in the the healthy culture but if you do microgreens like you could be the one in your friend group that all of a sudden you're like oh have you heard of microgreens like i got some and then everyone else is like wow Jeremy is so yeah. healthy. He's the trendy hipster. <laughs> He's the yeah. hipster one. Eating so yeah, it's like you could be the coolest friend of your healthy friend group. Well, adding on that, so ADHD is a huge thing right now, uh, and object permanence is like a symptom of that. And so there's a running joke that if you buy vegetables as someone with ADHD, like they just you you throw out the rotten vegetables in your fridge and replace them with the new ones <laughs> that you're just going to keep that cycle up. Oh, uh, so what if we, yeah, I know. Grabbing me. I know it's me too. Me and Jasmine, like we have the best intentions and we like, as we're eating our McDonald's burger, we're like, Oh, these carrots are rotten, you know? Uh, <laughs> so what if it's like, you're the cool trendy hipster of the group that saw like helps people with object permanence <laughs> issues. Like, Hey, are you throwing away all your vegetables? Well, I have the solution for you. And they're like, there's like the, the halo behind Jeremy and his, you know, Long man bun flapping yeah. in the wind <laughs> with his uh, his chacos and moleskin journal and uh, skinny jeans and nice. <laughs> the shirt Dylan was wearing yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. my Polish shirt. Yeah. This is uh, Grandma's grandson. It's Jeremy mm. keeping the lore <laughs> right. alive. Yeah, yeah. But really, I mean, what I think one of the core features of millennial branding is nostalgia. Like, yeah, I mean, look at all of the remakes going on right now and. Uh, I mean, cinnamon toast crunch is around every corner. That I mean, so you know, millennials really enjoy remembering what it was like. So now we can couple that with microgreens. Yeah. So maybe maybe the actual like when we're speaking to those three problems. So we got nutrition, we got accessibility, and maybe the third one is that tie back to the simpler times. People wanting to get back into farming, but they they can't because it doesn't work for their life. But this can. So so maybe like the modern day nostalgists mm-hmm. solution. Modern day. What's another, what's a easier word than that? Uh, yeah, like that. No, we get it. We yeah. get it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're locking those in. Yeah. So maybe you, Nate will write these down just so we know. Um, so it's nutrition, accessibility, accessibility, and, and uh, uh, return to simple life. Mm-hmm. Return to simple life. I like it. Okay. Next, we have to figure out our solutions. 
three features of our product or service that address the problems and make the customer happy. Uh, and typically these are directly associated with the problems yeah. that we're facing. So we'll, I we think we kind of mostly arrived there. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It was just part of it. So the nutrition was, uh, it's easy to eat. I mean, accessibility and nutrition are kind of hand in hand. Cause it's like, you want to eat it easily because it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of ties it in. You can throw it in anything, you can use it on anything. And then the third one, uh, I don't know. What do y'all think the solution is? Um, one idea I had too is like when you guys were talking about like the ADHD thing, it's like um, with microgreens, in theory, it'd be like small packaging. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's kind of like environmentally friendly as well from like a standpoint of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't have like giant plastic bags of like, you know, spinach in your fridge and, you know, the bag's only like one third actually full of spinach or anything like that. Um, and then also like the food waste aspect of it too of that in theory you're gonna have way less waste going into like your garbage so here's an idea so all of the microgreens i've bought have been in you know like the kind of cherry tomato plastic containers yeah Yeah. or like strawberry containers that most of them have been in that so what if part of our solution is also they come in smaller containers that are made of like a recyclable compostable nutrient dense container that you can use to grow your next batch of microbes, yeah, right? Perfect. So it's like incentivizing, hey, buy this, it's smaller so you're not gonna waste. And also we're gonna help you figure out how to grow it at home and kind of create that. Yeah, like so that. maybe that, that really, in retrospect, looking at that third one, it's like more of the word would be like sustainability. Yeah, I, I, I got a tagline. Remembering yesterday as we fight for tomorrow. Oh, wow. <laughs> dang, that's And then great. it's just like this uh, this really insightful, dramatic, like grandmother looking off in the distance yeah. while her grandkid is like hugging her from behind or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I don't want to draw that logo. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be John. It's going to be a real picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So this is before we move on to the next one, which is unique value proposition or UVP. Uh, we're going to take a small moment and just uh, talk about our sponsor for today, which is uh, HiveThink, which is us. <laughs> and so we do small business coaching. We're a little small business accelerator and we help people get their business figured out. So say hi to us. You can do hi. that right here, wherever I put on the screen. <laughs> I like it. Thanks, HiveThink. <laughs> You're welcome. You're such a good group of guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on. Unique value proposition. We need a single, clear, compelling message that states why we're different and why we're worth buying. So first, I think we need to examine the current microgreen market, which sounds ridiculous. <laughs> but that's just I do that all the time. I know, I yeah. Know. Uh, have y'all ever like eaten or bought microgreens either in a grocery store or at like a cafe or anything? At a cafe. I've never purchased them. Yeah. I think I think I have without realizing what microgreens are because you, you said sprouts. Oh yeah, so alfalfa sprouts, broccoli sprouts. Yeah, I've done like, uh, like bean sprouts. Uh, bean sprouts. Yeah, yeah so I, I've done the bean sprouts before. It's literally just like small green thing. Like yeah, it's, it's such a funny name because it's completely on the nose. Yeah, uh, it's cool. I know, it's so interesting. I never even realized what I was mm-hmm. eating, but I love those things. Yeah, and they like they while they taste like grass, it's also like if grass tasted good yeah you know what i mean yeah like it, i've never been like ew i've been like i didn't expect to like it that much you yeah know? <laughs> for sure what about you nate have you ever bought microgreens either at a grocery store or like on a avocado toast or something never like intentionally but yeah i've definitely like enjoyed them um on avocado toast before but okay. yeah 
So let's stick through our experience with those and what, I mean, so I've bought them pretty regularly at the grocery store in containers and somewhat regularly at cafes and uh, the on the grocery side, one of my complaints is like it's too many of them in the mm. containers and they're kind of bundled up and I have to like pull them apart. And I always yeah. feel weird doing that. Um, I, I don't really have any complaints on the like consumer side, like at a restaurant or something. So do yeah. you have any complaints on that side? I think even what you were saying about like it's so many, it's bunched together. Going back to like the ADD ones of us that, that have uh, – the food in our fridge that then gets rotten and then we have to throw it out like yeah maybe even it's like a smaller amount of the microgreens almost more of like uh poor like you can get like a portion size like here's just like a yeah a quick quick hit of microgreens and and therefore a microdose microdose of <laughs> microgreens and so maybe if you're like oh you know what we're gonna have sandwiches on this night you just get two packs yeah you're good it's like uh there's little packs of yeast that you can buy it's like a single yeah. serving of yeast so a single serving yeah. of microgreens. yeah yeah cool uh so yeah i think that might be a really cool uvp in in that packaging being the sustainable non-plastic uh kind of protein like you can plant it and use it as fertilizer for your next batch of microgreens the thing i worry about if we make the the amount so small on the money side is that per the packaging for that small amount can we charge enough to like actually make money on it well so a when you buy things that are smaller you're doing an upsell for convenience mm-hmm. um, a lot of times like with pineapple like cut pineapple it's almost the same price to buy like a little container of pineapple it is a slightly bigger container and it's just because like it basically took them the same amount of time to cut both you're yeah just, you're more choosing how much you think you're going to eat yeah uh, so i don't think the price would have to be too much lower but also i think if i mean on the front end if we could find a packaging solution that is from waste that we ourselves make mm-hmm. like imagine it's like i don't know either made out of burlap sacks or um like you know soil that's packed down into like containers or bags or i don't know uh, something like that where uh our main like packaging supply doesn't cost much because we're already making it mm-hmm. like coffee grounds you know like what if we made out of coffee grounds that'd be cool in terms of like we talked about convenience um, i'm just wondering like it probably would be uh, with refrigeration or something it may be hard but like what if it was like a subscription service if we couldn't ship it to the door because we're worried about like it has to be on like ice or something crazy like that which maybe even be a thing but like, what if it's vacuum sealed <clears throat> oh yeah I mean, then you can do whatever. Yeah. So we could do like subscription, like microgreen services and they can choose like the amount they want. So it still hits that level of like, I just want the amount that I want, but it's super convenient, makes it way easy. A lot of the people that I think would really be into microgreens also don't love going to the store and interacting with real people when it comes to like (laughs) shopping. So yeah, just what if it was like, click the button, microgreens at my door. With shipping though, like with pairing a sustainable product with shipping yeah. kind of negates <laughs> That's fair, brand. because fair. what are you going to like ship the product in probably yeah. a box, which is not super yeah. environmentally. Yeah. yeah. So well, That's not fair. even the box, but the gas of the shipping yeah. and everything yeah. too. Yeah. 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 But I know because I, I've worked on a blueberry farm brand before, um, in, in marketing world where you could, um, pay extra to negate carbon emissions. Nice. Um, and then it would like, 
be like a carbon tax kind of where you could feel better about paying for this like sustainable organic product being shipped to you um, directly. But the problem was also the container it was being shipped in was styrofoam. Mm -hmm. So um, people were very unhappy and they did not want to buy the product. Um, yeah. Even though they supported the blueberries and the business, they didn't want it to be shipped to them because it went against what they stood for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, good insight. that's huge. Um, what if uh, another part is uh, we figure out how to grow on top of rooftops um, and take previously unused space and turn it into grow space because people don't really use their roofs. Um, yeah. And we could pay them a very low, maybe just a percentage of sales or just say like, hey, we're going to actually use your roof. Um, mm -hmm. This will be especially useful in really big cities. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Another thing I've been thinking of is like, this is almost like a novelty product in a way where like, if it's something where like you can grow your own greens afterwards, that's like a great mm. gift, you know, where like, if you have mm. a friend who's like getting into like going green or getting into like eating more healthy, that's such a good like little present. So I feel like like the pricing could kind of be negated by the fact too of like, this might not be something you're buying all the time, but it's something like that people are willing to pay, uh, pay a bit more for because it's something that's gonna have like a lot of value to like their friends. It's also a dying um, industry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. true. So yeah. we you want to be able to grow your own because yeah. you can't buy them anymore soon. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. we, we do need to reframe though. I forgot about that, honestly. Yeah, same. Uh, so, so two to five years, our industry is gonna be dead. So how are we transitioning out of this into something else or selling out? Uh, Macro greens. Macro <laughs> Mac, Mac from broccoli greens, sprout to broccoli. Yeah. Just let um, them grow a little longer. We keep all of our farms. Just let the plants grow longer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Done. <laughs> going back even further to agriculture. Uh, so what if it becomes a advertising company that we turn into and we have uh, the cost of the packaging covered buy an ad that we sell to someone. And so, for example, there's this business called Free Water and it's literally free and they just hand it out to people and it's because all of the water bottles are paid for by the ads on the water bottle. Mm -hmm. So what if we did that? And so we start with targeting green oriented businesses and we say, hey, do you want an ad like directly to someone that is interested in greens or microgreens? Like, yeah, of course. Um, so you start with that and just on the shipping and then you're turning into a green ad company and you can move on to other products. And so then you're not kind of, you're not putting yourself in the corner with the microgreens, but you're turning yeah. into an, and like, you know, the whole yeah. Gary V thing, like every company should be a media, media company, company, not a blink, but blink company. So what do yeah. you think about that? No, I totally think that's a great idea. I even think besides the ad thing and we could do, uh, yeah, a show about just like healthy healthy living or like a podcast about healthy living and then microgreens just happens to be like the thing that we're like by the way here's this you know like product like this is what we sell but today we're going to be talking about all things that a lot of people who happen to like like microgreens also care about and then also for us like if we could have the the other revenue we can generate just from having like con our own content mm -hmm. cool all right cool. so i think that's our uvp uh, so moving on to key metrics or key things we measure. So uh, at, since we just transitioned to an advertising company rather than a s strictly microgreens, 
uh, our main metrics are going to turn into return on clicks, return on investment, and more. So, Dylan, I think you can talk probably the most here on um, kind of how brands measure their success. Uh, what what do they kind of look for usually? Yeah, so success is measured, of course, by how much um, profit you make. Um, but um, <laughs> you have to watch for like a few things if you're doing things online. So, like some KPIs you can look for are... Um, kind of determined on what your goal is. So a lot of times people look on um, whenever you're like advertising on a website, like how much it is for you to get a click. So your CPC cost per click, um, your click through rate. So like how many people are clicking through your website, looking through your website, um, the cost per click, cost per add to cart, um, and then cost per final purchase. Mm -hmm. um, so you can see all of those statistics laid out and it's successful um, KPI for those is usually to not lose too much money. Um, most of the time you're going to spend more money advertising your product than you're going to actually make in profit at the beginning. Um, so it's always, you have to spend money to make money in yep. the advertising world. Um, so those are some good KPIs, but those are really determined on just what you want out of your goal, like what your goal is, um, for the campaign you're running, um, or for your business. So it can change every, every campaign you make can have a different KPI. Um, it's just mm -hmm. determined on how you're feeling. Nice. Cool. Nate, you have any other insight on KPIs or anything? Um, I will say first off, just for people who don't know, uh, KPI stands for key performance indicator. Um, so yeah, so those are like, like we we're saying, like metrics that you're looking for when you're judging this kind of stuff. No, I think Dylan hit it basically around the head of like, yeah, at first things are probably going to look a bit rough when it comes to like selling ads and things like that, but that is just the nature of it. It's something that's be built up over time. I think what would be interesting is, uh, to start by trading the ads for in kind and trying to find some sort of resource that can cut a big cost out of the product. So, Hey, we'll trade you all the ad space. If you give us like, I don't know, a bunch of burlap sacks or however we determine the packaging is going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, but since we have the startup cost to start, a lot of that is fine. Um, but it's going to be the cash flow that becomes the biggest issue. Um, yeah. So what's our unfair advantage? Something that can't be easily copied or bought. Hmm. Well, we definitely have the good grandma story. So yeah. mm -hmm. the, the big, like obvious one to me is like, we started off with some capital because of the will boon that we got. Yeah. But, uh, that can be copied or bought. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's us. I mean, we have a marketing like brain yeah. and we know small business pretty well. And so we're looking at this as a holistic thing and not just cause we really like microgreens. Yeah. Um, and that's something that is it's uh, it's kind of weird to call it an unfair advantage because anyone can have it but i think it's one of the biggest differentiators for successful businesses rather than non-successful is people that look at it as okay this is a this is a living entity this is a holistic being and not just i really like coffee and i want to make a lot of coffee yeah. that'll get you to a certain point but you're going to hit a ceiling no matter how good at making coffee you are um 
I think, yeah, that's that's the unfair advantage. Just knowing also like what what other places charge like small businesses for marketing, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's a huge cost that we don't have to, have to incur. Well, and imagine, I mean, you walk up to a small business who has just been quoted like $5,000 for someone to do their social media campaign and you say, hey, if you pay me $1,000, I can get your like information printed on 5,000 bags of microgreens. Like mm-hmm. that's pretty huge. Yeah. Or even, you know, 50,000, we'd have to run the numbers more on in a real case basis but um i think there's a much higher conversion of money to ad space going to a very very hyper focused target market that you couldn't really offer anywhere else i also think what would be interesting is to look into dried microgreens because that would Mm. kind of answer the uh keeping it good longer so if it's dried it's going to be more concentrated as well and then you can vacuum seal it (laughs) and so then you're still answering the um kind of the sustainable side and the accessibility but then it'll last longer as well yeah I love um, that. so maybe that's you know a, a pivot we would make yeah uh so then channels what what are our paths to customers going to be like how are we going to uh, get it to customers facebook <laughs> <laughs> facebook pinterest Done. whatever the moms are on moms and dads grandmas um, i think linkedin too I mean, I think, uh, I think actually customer segments might should go first and then channels. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, we're going to talk that customer segments, like who are our target customers? So we're looking at probably people who are looking to eat healthier, maybe want to do a healthy lifestyle who are against overconsumption, environmentally friendly, um, yoga moms, people who like smoothies. Yeah, and I would yeah. argue the opposite as well. I think those are the people that are going to be really easy to convert. And I think the other one that'll be harder to convert, but will stick with it longer, or maybe just be a crazy uh, convertee, would be people that hate healthy stuff, but hate either how they feel or look and want something to make it easier, but not taste really bad. Yeah. Um, and I think this is, I mean, I, I think it would be a fun thing to to pivot towards that so you have your typical green branding then you have your atypical like uh i I can't believe it's so healthy yeah (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah. can't believe it's not butter like Uh, can't believe it's bleep that can't believe it's micro (laughs) can't believe it's micro greens (laughs) i can believe it Um, yeah and i think too people on the go a lot. So business professionals, people that don't have a ton of time to eat, but still need that. I mean, so probably people that are drinking five hour energies, yeah, probably gonna eat this. Better alternative and so that's food. something that we can kind of tag branding onto as well is uh, just target people that are already being targeted by them. Do the Burger King to McDonald's dynamic. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just thinking of like all other specialty health kind of things mm-hmm. that, like people not even just health but convenience i don't think yeah. it's necessarily health so I think both yeah both. yeah and and so like for that i'm like okay there's lots of watering holes online where we can go find those people and just be like drive through coffee shops yeah mm-hmm. so it's like who can we wholesale with and like once they get on this in an easy way all they have to do is say yes and we deal with all the micro stuff. green latte yeah mm. <laughs> it's like oh you already you already got like that great mancha so yeah might as well throw this in <laughs> ever wanted to chew your latte <laughs> I have the product for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then I think, uh, I think the final target market would be, uh, culinary experts. Um, 
like imagine either someone that is a chef or someone that really likes to cook and either the family side of it that they want to add something extra or the nutrition side like we talked about or uh so when you go to a fancy restaurant the garnish is just as important as the the entree sometimes Mm -hmm. uh whether it's you know the parsley or whatever so imagine it's a garnish that's also injects like super nutritional value and that would be a really interesting market to attack and see how invested they get because there's so many farm to table uh, chef programs going on. So this would be the next step. It's like farm to table to healthy stomach, you know? Yeah. No, that's cool. And maybe like, as <laughs> just side note, like as a super fun ad type thing, since they brought like iron chef back, like what if we could like get our microgreens on there? That would be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> What's the next ingredient chef? Not your grandma's <laughs> microgreens. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's go back to channels now that yeah. we know our customer segment. How do we, so how do we get them? How are we going to talk to those people? So, yeah. Again. So yeah, I think Facebook, LinkedIn, mm-hmm. Chris. Um, yeah, LinkedIn for all those business professionals on the go. Um, LinkedIn is very good right now for um, organic and paid media, um, just because it gets a lot of traction. Um, mm-hmm. Facebook is just where a lot of like those audiences are always going to be. Um, well, not always, but right now are. <laughs> um, Instagram. You look at uh, healthcare brands or even uh, what's it called when it's you do good stuff for yourself, like self-care brands, yeah, yeah. like Dr. Teal's and stuff like that. Um, they're huge on Instagram and huge on collaborations and uh, that would make sense. And maybe TikTok too um, and try and get the, since this isn't necessarily a super local focus brand yep. and we're trying to get big, mm-hmm. especially if we ship um doing and trying to start our own like viral tiktok trends yeah and just how, how green are you sprinkle some some love to the micro yeah. influencers bring back the micro the influencers yeah. from micro greens yeah yeah <laughs> and also yeah. like email marketing uh, would be really huge yeah. implementing newsletters going into like getting sponsored on like blogs and stuff like that yeah um like healthy eating blogs, healthy cooking, um, just like use have us as like a recipe and then we can open an affiliate program um, for those blogs to make some money too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, TikTok. So yeah. TikTok is like, can go a long way with a little bit of money um, that you put into it. It's a bit harder to set up ads on TikTok than it is on Facebook and Instagram. They don't really necessarily let anyone do it. You have to kind of like ask. Um, but most people are, are able to once they go through the process. Um, and then there's also this trend of like TikTok made me buy it mm, um, yeah. is huge. And like even a few months ago, um, Amazon opened like a TikTok made me buy it campaign. We're like on the very um, beginning of their homepage, like on Amazon, it would be like hashtag TikTok made me buy it. And like all of like the top um, products that were featured on TikTok. Mm-hmm. So if we can like get into those niches like that we um discovered in our um customer serve segments um on instagram facebook pinterest um linkedin and tiktok um then i feel like it would just snowball from there um after we have some capital put into it yeah i think doing like a cooking show too where we give free product to uh cooking influencers on tiktok and instagram and uh it's like make five recipes with our microgreens and then do videos on them and then mm-hmm. show people how to use them. And, uh, that'll be a fun, fun trend to do. And, uh, you know, stuff like that where it's more fun and engaging and it's like, Oh, that sounds really good. What is that they're using? 
Uh, there's this guy that is on TikTok that's a chef. It's like Chef Reacts to, and he just mm-hmm. watches other people cook, and he just says, like, like the monotone. Yeah, yeah. completely <laughs> monotone, straight man, uh, has no, like, inflection. But I, I love watching his content, and he always – at the end he's like you know six out of ten would definitely eat or like one out of (laughs) ten would eat but begrudgingly you know or ten out of ten he makes me feel like a bad chef you know um but getting him to also react to some of those videos would be huge too so yeah 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 no that's cool i think i think that's that's pretty good yeah and then on a local side, I mean, going to vegan cafes and any green mm-hmm. sort of things and just like expose, like telling them what the product is, what the values are, and uh, trying to get into atypical uh, structures like drive throughs like, um, you know, bagel shops and, you know, having it as a topping or uh, smoothie places yep. um, just as an add in, stuff yep. like that. I think also like taking educational aspect of it, like people who don't know about it, mm-hmm. um, like educating them on our, um, social media through ads or organic media um and then even like having that turn into ugc with like the chef reacts to mm-hmm. uh whatever has the microgreens with it i have like a game show like what the heck is a microgreen yeah, yeah. today on what the heck is a microgreen yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> like it. have cool. people come on and uh eat microgreens for the first time and like react to yeah. mm-hmm. you know Are they like, blindfolded yeah <laughs> what are you eating uh grass <laughs> <laughs> Yes. All right. Yeah, I think we got some good paths to the customers. So you guys want to talk cost structure? How we're gonna? How this is gonna work? Yep. Cool. So we got to look at some like how we're gonna acquire our customers, distribution cost, how we're gonna get people, all that good stuff. Is this just like customer acquisition, or is this also like, uh, like are the kind of the business model side of like how we're gonna sell yeah. this stuff it's 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 yeah pretty much both both yeah so this is like marketing budget customer acquisition costs half basically. half that and then half like what our actual business model yeah. is okay um so aka michael mentioned a subscription model we could do that it could be just a direct to market like you know b2b thing where we target grocery stores mainly mm-hmm. Um, can be both. Yeah. yeah. Also, Farmers. if we could get partnerships with like big chains that are also trying to push health conscious food. So like, uh, we're becaffeinated. So <laughs> this is like blasphemy to say this, but like, like a Starbucks or something like, <laughs> like could we spread it out or like a, a Jamba juice or something like that? Could we yeah. partner with them and be the supplier? Tropical of, smoothie. Yeah, yeah. Tropical smoothie. I, I think also of like already existing like meal prep and like delivery mm, like services. Hello Fresh. Yeah. 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 Forming oh, like gosh. partnerships with Good them. idea, Nate. Yeah. Yeah, especially because uh so they specifically put ingredients in that aren't gonna spoil very fast. Mm-hmm. So they like potatoes a lot. They like uh you know, they have like little jars of ketchup. So yeah, that would be yeah. super especially easy. with the dried and vacuum sealed. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Actually, I think that might be that's, one of the primary markets you can yeah, go after. Yeah. Um, and then, too, like, uh, I mean, online would be huge. But I think uh, getting into specialty, like, markets, like a Whole Foods, yep. uh, going after Publix. those. Yeah, yep. yeah. Anything with green in their logo. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, if... if for those listening, if you've never dug into the psychology of colors, I uh, definitely should. Uh, there's a reason McDonald's is red and yellow. It's because they don't want you to stick around uh, and they want you to 
uh, yeah, just leave. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> give us money and leave. Yeah. And then anything that wants you to trust it and think it's healthy is green or brown. Uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. So I think with like consumer acquisition with almost every startup, um, I know in my opinion, and then a lot of like, um, like Gary V's opinion, and you, you kind of mentioned this briefly, um, at the beginning is like every business has to be a media company first, as in we're living in a world that's run on social, on social media, um, and that's how most people are doing their marketing. So to get there and like have a successful marketing campaign, you have to be a media company first, understand how you are using social media to grow your brand and also understand that what you put out on your social media page is going to be um, basically a storefront. It's gonna be the first thing anyone sees. So whenever someone hears about your brand, what are they gonna do? They're gonna look it up. And what's gonna pop up? Your website, um, your social media platforms. So they click on your Instagram, it needs to have a bio. Um, that's like, here's a call to action or here's who we are, call to action, then like a link. And then it's going to have uh, your virtual storefront, what you're all about. So they need to be like pieces of media that are that look good. Um, they shouldn't look bad because that's the first like interpretation that someone has on your brand. Um, so they have to be like pieces of content that look good, pieces of content that sell and have a good call to action to convert. It's really like uh, your Instagram is a Tinder profile. So like mm, all exactly. your customers or your relationships you're trying to attract. So yeah. is it love at first sight or do they have to really dig to find something they like about you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because a lot of times if someone doesn't like your social media page, they're not even going to try yeah. a product. Yeah. Or the, and the other half is we've been trained to be so mistrustful of anything on the internet for good reason. Uh, so I know personally, if there is even a hint of something that makes me doubt whether or not something's like legit, I'm probably not going to buy from them. Um, so like anything that's misspelled, any links that don't work, anything mm -hmm. that's like, eh, if you go far enough back, it's like this random dude from some other country that's posting a selfie. You know? yeah. <laughs> is this actually what this brand is? So yeah. uh, you have to be really careful, uh, especially if you are you know, a legit brand, uh, to not give people reasons to doubt you when they shouldn't. Yeah. Okay, so here, here's what I'm thinking. This kind of is going like a little bit into the next one, which is revenue streams, and they kind of overlap a little bit with cost structure. So I'm thinking in terms of our, our fact that the industry is dying, like we only have two to five years to like get this thing and make some money and build up enough of a structure to then pivot into a different business. So it sounds like with the stuff like partnering with like a HelloFresh, if we can wholesale partner with them, Publix and Whole Foods and other stuff like that might be like more of the actual like way that we're making money in the first couple of years. But we, I think it's important that we do have that direct to consumer like uh, version as well because that's going to build up the brand so that we can make money in that way in the in the five years once once microgreens yeah. are fully dead. <laughs> well, and I think that means steering into like a lifestyle brand. Yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, in in from year, year zero to two, we should be making those relationships like Nate was talking about with uh, the HelloFresh and all that. We should be making relationships with as many local to regional like restaurants and chefs and stuff as possible. We should make a cookbook. We mm -hmm. should mm -hmm. and like collaboration and partnership should be the name of the game so yeah it should be approaching as many people as possible going to networking groups and saying hey how can we do something together where we both win and neither of us have to pay much money um and then 
the I mean the realistic goal, especially for something that's dying in two to five years, is we become such an integral, important part to a big business's business that they offer to buy us out. So mm-hmm. imagine we become like we start out with HelloFresh as the microgreens, and then we start offering one or two other things that they also use in their boxes. It makes more sense at some point for them to say, you know what? I like what you guys are doing. It's become a huge value to our boxes. I love your cookbooks. I love your content. We're just going to buy you and then either replace you with our own people or just pay you to keep doing what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's the best exit strategy I think we have is that. But it also means that we need to focus on obviously still a great product, great branding, all of that. But also, how can we make this as much of a lifestyle brand as possible? I yeah. think even if we didn't want to take like an exit, mm-hmm. if we wanted to just instead adapt into a new product, I think what's important is us focusing on us not selling just to sell microgreens, mm-hmm. but selling to sell our um, mission. Yeah, our so, why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our yeah. why. So if we can sell our why, then we're, we are why we're doing it, but we're also a micro company and we're also a marketing company yeah. um, because that the, because we're having like two um, possibilities of revenue streams from our microgreens and from our marketing um, and media. So um, if we can sell our mission and like we're about sustainability, healthy lifestyles, microgreens are cut, we're still a marketing company. So what else can we add on to that after we've already built that base? Yep. All right. Yep. I already know one of our videos. Uh, I only ate microgreens for 30 days. Here's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's like, just a dead person. <laughs> no, no, we, we play out. We'll have to do it really quick because, you know, She Hulk and stuff. But the, the thumbnail on YouTube is like one of us, like stuffed with greens in our mouths, but our skin is also green. Yeah. <laughs> it would you be won't good. like me when I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. And so it would be, yeah, that, that, that's, that's our, our first big video. I love it. I like it. No. Yeah. Maybe one other market that would be interesting is uh, protein supplements. Um, Mm, Because the big thing with, from what I've seen, one of the big things with uh, if a protein supplement is good or not is the number of different like proteins that are in it. Mm -hmm. And so if we could build up our sprout base, have alfalfa sprouts, broccoli sprouts, all the different kinds, and then create a blend or something that people can like put in their smoothies or whatever, um, then it just adds to that and we can sell it to GNC. And because from (laughs) I learned last week that uh, if, if you can buy something in Walmart, you probably can't buy it at GNC. Uh, Cause once it's hit Walmart, people will no longer buy it at GNC. Mm. So their whole like thing is they want to find the things first. And then once it's hit big enough to where Walmart picks it up, they replace it with something else. That's interesting. So that'd be a really interesting, interesting place to start with something yeah. like that is at GNC. So. Yeah, I dig that. We could call that one sprout. Yeah. Sprout, <laughs> sprout <Yeah>. supplements. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Cool. All right. Nice. What's, what's next? Um, all right, we're getting into the nitty gritty. We're taking all the stuff we've done and we're going to start actually imagining like forecasting. So how are we going to go from our first sale to $1,000 to 10 to 100 to 1 million? Mm. Yeah, so first sale, uh, setting up at a farmer's market. Yeah, uh, 100%. Setting up at any market, really, uh, especially in Chattanooga, like the Chattanooga market. Um, I mean, that would be really easy. Yeah. It's really easy to convince people uh, I would say having a really good 
brand setup, like uh, like table setup would be important, but not so good that it looks like we're like this corporate yeah. entity. Yeah, we want, we want those penny sales at the beginning. We want it to be grassroots. <laughs> grassroots, yeah. yeah. <laughs> grassroots marketing. Maybe that's the name of our company. Oh. Grassroots. Cool. We won't look up if that's trademarked or not. <laughs> it probably, we'll take out it probably is. Yeah. yeah, but it's okay. Ass roots. Yeah. <laughs> Sit your butt down and remember. It's changing the target customer a lot, but that's okay. <laughs> you don't think HelloFresh was on there? I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so that's first sale. What are you? Yeah. Okay, but what's what's the step after that? What do y'all think? I think like continuing like those local, like building our um, brand locally, and then getting that like um, what's the word? Our social like, proof. Yeah, social proof social and validation. Proof, validation, and then we go to like other health related brands and say, hey, you want to put your ad on our packages. And I think that's how we go from maybe making a thousand to that 10 K mark yeah. is through ad revenue. And in my head, uh, the first key businesses we would approach in Chattanooga specifically would be Pruitt's on single mountain, which mm -hmm. is a local grocery store. Yep. Uh, elders ACE hardware, um, because they have a huge local section. Um, and then just basically immediately starting the application process with whole foods and Publix. Yeah. Uh, cause a lot of times it can take up to a year for approval. But once you're in, it's a regional thing. So you're not just in Chattanooga uh, groceries, you're in that brand, but regionally. So you can yeah. go as far as Murfreesboro, Memphis, um, et cetera. I also think trying to get in with like, like a vibrant meals kind mm. of kind of thing as well. That way yeah. people are starting to have education already in terms of like, Ooh, I'm already eating these things. Uh, but what is this awesome texture on there? Yeah. Boom. Microgreens, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even imagine, so, you know, like with a ramen packet, it comes with a little like flavor. Yeah. Packet. What if, uh, what if we had a microgreens flavor packet that came with the vibrant meals stuff? Uh, because, a lot of times the nature of pre-made food is it gets kind of soggy or less fresh, but if it's in the side, then you add it as you're eating yeah, it. Yeah. You get that um, nice texture still. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. And exactly what you were saying, Dylan, like I think once we got like a few of those super local partnerships, that's exactly what we can be like, Hey, you know what? Our, you know, we'll be able to show the data of what's sold and can prove to the big boys and mm. to get to that like 10 K. 10k mark i will say the big considerations we need to make are how we're gonna do this production um yeah the nature of it being such a small packaging is cost of labor is going to be high per package so our first big purchase and maybe that's something we would buy with our startup expenses is a um packaging machine yeah um because it goes from you being able to package like maybe a hundred an hour to like literally ten thousand yep um and then figuring out uh, the just doing due process on the packaging itself, honoring the um, the green and eco conscious side of things, making sure that we're doing some focus groups to make sure that it f checks all the boxes of the people that we're trying to sell to. Because the thing that would immediately kill our brand is if we say we're you know green and eco conscious and then send things in styrofoam or uh, yeah. we use like dead cow manure or something, you know, like <laughs> uh, we don't want to do that. So just being very, very careful with every single thing we put into it so that we don't accidentally do something just from ignorance. 
That battery we, we, is so funny. We cannot <laughs> handle an interruption. <laughs> when we roll something worse than what we rolled this time and we have to do like crazy stuff, we're screwed. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so yeah, forecasting, we talked about our first sale, our thousands, our 10,000s. Uh, the, the name of the game is going to be our production facilities, the process for everything, making sure it all still tastes good yeah. uh, and it is good. And then finding a space to grow everything. Uh, yeah. The easiest thing would be to go to like Rossville in the mill because he's, you know, they're renting out super cheap light manufacturing spaces. You don't need it to be pretty. You just need it to be, uh, you know, no mold, no rusts, no, uh, What's the asbestos? And, yeah. And then just like, you know, have more like as worst as. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and then just as we grow, uh, I mean, dumping funds into the logistics side, making sure we get things where they're supposed to be on time, making sure that we actually make enough of stuff and not making too much of stuff. Because as I learned with Bcaffeinated, it really sucks to have like $20,000 worth of inventory and you're only moving through like 1000 a week which is hyperbolic, but yeah. um, you don't want to have your money tied in inventory. You'd rather do it uh, kind of just in time, but also you don't want to be caught with your pants down and just not have anything to send people that are trying to pay you money. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. So in terms of like, so it sounds like pretty much to get to a hundred thousand, it's like, we just got to get our shit together. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like get our actual distribution and like regular like partnerships going locally. And then that will probably take us to a hundred. And then it's like leveraging that doing really well. We can hopefully kind of do the twofold approach of really putting stuff into like media and ads while also because of doing that, getting more awareness, we have more leverage to try and get a HelloFresh or a place like that. And really that would be kind of our goal to get to that million before we die so that then we can keep living as a different type of business. Or sell. Or sell. Yeah. Or sell it. Or sell. Yeah. So yeah, do we, all right, do we feel good about this plan that we could get this to a million? Nate, do you want to run us through what it's looking yeah, like? Yeah, for sure. All right. So our company, yeah, the way that's looking right now, our why of why we are here. So the tagline we came up with was remembering yesterday as we fight for tomorrow because we are very much focused <laughs> on being accessible, um, bring people back to those simple days as they eat our delicious microgreens and also being nutritious and eco-friendly. Um, as far as like our market, uh, we decided that the kind of people that we were going for were people who are like busy and on the go, um, but also who are either interested in becoming more healthy or who are already into like the healthy lifestyle. Uh, metrics wise, we'd have to use stuff like uh, the KPIs that Dylan was describing. Um, our plan is to either transition into a marketing agency or to potentially get bought out by a larger company. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how things are looking for us right now. Yeah, um, we're going to do a lot of marketing on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, going to shows, and hopefully by linking up with other companies. Um, so that's kind of how we're gonna reach our people. And then we're probably gonna focus very heavily on B2B um, instead of like directly like reaching the consumer. Or if we are directly reaching the consumer, it will either be through other businesses or through online sales, it looks like. So that's our general plan right now. Yeah. Boom. All right. Making a million with microgreens. Uh, we need a business name. Oh, yeah. Um, 
micro fiends. <laughs> okay, well, it's like business name in light of the fact that we don't want to only be nailed down to mm -hmm. micro games. So, um, all the green. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds okay. like money. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> green spleen. Uh, no. <laughs> green spleen. Green spleen. Um, Sustainer bros. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best one so far. Green. The green dream. Green dream. Green giant. <laughs> so I kind of liked, we talked about grassroots earlier. Yeah. Um, and also sprout. Yeah. Uh, so I think there might be something along one of those two lines of thought. What about sprouts with a Z? <laughs> no, no. Sprout boys. No. Uh, <laughs> sprout roots. Yeah, sure. Spruits. Spruits. Made up words do better. I like that. Spruits? Spruits. All right. We're spruits. Hey, we're spruits. 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 I am a spruits. All right. Yeah. Let's trademark it. Okay. TM. TM. All right. Roots. So we feel good about our plan to make a million. So now we'll put it up to you. Do you feel like we could make a million with this? And if you have other ideas of what you would do differently, let us know. Have a hoot with Spruits. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. Play us out. Play us out, Mike. Great job, you guys. Thanks. All we needed was um, someone to fund our entire startup costs. Yeah. And then we crushed it. Just then do we that. Just do that. <laughs> I'm Nate. Well, and I'm, I'm Dylan. I'm Mike. I'm Spruits. I'm just kidding. I'm Chris. And this is Making a Million with Hive Think. Thanks for watching, Nick Jr. <laughs> I am Sprout. <laughs> I am Sprout. <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> okay. I'm stopping recording now.